Jesus, we thank you. We recognize that you are the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, God, that you have delivered us. Thank you, God, that we have seen your hand of provision over and over and over again. Thank you, God, that we have seen your touch of deliverance, Lord Jesus. You have brought us out of the depths. You've established us on your rock. We are your children submitted to you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're in this place. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the freedom to worship you. Lord, that we can lift our hands without wrath or without doubting to know that you are the king of glory. And Lord, that you're in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you, God. And I pray, Lord, that this same presence, this same stirring will continue through this service, that you will continue, God, to touch our heart, that you will continue to open our eyes and bring revelation to us. And Lord, that we will find ourselves sitting at your feet, Lord, embracing your touch. Lord, engaging intentionally into your word, allowing you, God, to do a work in us and allowing us to be the overcomers that you've called us to be. God, we praise you and we honor you and we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can you just raise your hands one more time with me and can you just tell him how much you love him? Lord, we love you and we thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We praise you. Thank you, God, that you're in this place. Thank you, Jesus, that we can magnify your name. We thank you, Lord, because it is you who has given us the life and breath that we have. It is you who enables us to worship you. And we thank you, God. Have your way, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Is he good? Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Ushers, would you come? I'm one who forgets to do that. But that's all right. Usually an usher's usually waving a bag at me. You know, uh, man, I have uh, enjoyed and I appreciate uh, the church and council allowed me to take the trip that I did with my parents. Um, It was a great time to see all the majesty that God has created. How many know God is amazing, isn't he? He is so good. You know, the Lord is a provider. He takes care of us. He walks with us through every trial, through every valley, every mountain, wherever we are, he's with us, walking with us. Father, I thank you, Jesus, that you are with us. And Lord, today we, we honor you. We continue in this worship as a part of giving. Lord, we give of ourselves. We give because you have given to us. You are the provider, Jehovah Jireh. Lord, we recognize that there's not a thing that we have is because of our own ability, but even the very breath that we breathe to get up every day, even the abilities to, to work to gain wealth. All those is a gift from you. And God, we take this moment. This is not a legalistic thing. This is a, this is a recognition of you being the God who provides for us. And we honor you as a first fruit, a tithe, to say thank you, God, for giving us the ability. Thank you, God, for loving us intentionally. Thank you, God, for making a way that we have a hope that this world is not our intended end, but God, we have a heavenly home. And Lord, we're looking forward to that day, Jesus, recognizing that, that the corruption and all the things that go on in our society, Lord, are but just for a temporary passing. But one day we will walk the streets of gold. One day we will glory around the throne with all those who've gone before us to worship you and to glorify and honor your name. Thank you, God for caring and being compassionate and giving to us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. that you are here we want you to know that we care about you and want you to know that we appreciate you being here we we are a a wonderful group of people I speak for I I, I speak for myself no I'm just kidding (laughs) no we we have a wonderful group of people here who are truly compassionate who are truly uh, caring and uh, if you are if you are here today and this is your first time, we are so thankful that you chose to be with us. We understand that there is a choice on every corner, <clears throat> but we're thankful that you're here. And uh, if you have an opportunity during the service, we'd love a, a record of your visit with us. There's a card somewhere on the aisle in front of you. You can fill out uh, that that form. You can leave it in your seat, and we'll pick it up after service. There's a lot of things going on. If you are, uh, ladies, if you're planning on going on t- to the women's conference, um, my wife, Kim, would like to meet with you just, just for a brief few moments afterwards to coordinate um, the trip over to the conference. Uh, so if you would uh, see her right after service, uh, I'd appreciate that. There's also a men's 12-step. Uh, and, and let me encourage you guys. Uh, I, this is, I'm going through the second 12-step right now. And I tell people, so I'm leading a 12-step. But I just want you to be really uh, understanding that, that I benefit from going through the 12-step again because it's, it's just a blessing to, to build relationships, intimate relationships with, with others who recognize that we're not perfect and who are on the same team, and we become accountability partners. We become encouragers of one another. And so if you would like to be a part of a 12-step men, a a small group where we can grow together, disciple one another, and and find strength in each other's um, relationship, it's a great thing. It started last week. Um, it It will be going on this afternoon Jeffrey, at 1.30, correct? At 1.30, stand up, Jeff. Jeff is leading this. Jeff and Matt Ingham are leading this group, and uh, so we appreciate them and, and uh, thank them. There's also some small groups. We do semesters, small groups. And so this coming, um, I think, is it this week, Jamie? Help me. Is it this week we start? Okay. Okay, so next Sunday they will start, and um, am I right, everybody? Good. So next Sunday we'll start. If you'd like to to uh, be a part of one of these small groups, there's a sign-up sheet in the back back there. Um, so it'll be a great time to grow, once again, to build relationships and uh, to experience some good connections. Amen. God is good. And all the time. God is good. You know, um, I, I really enjoyed, once again, the, the trip I took. You know, I, I did it for the purpose of my dad had been all over the world, but had never been to the five or six states there in the middle of our country to see these beautiful uh, na- na- national parks. Um, uh, of course, you know, long days and all that good stuff. But you know what was amazing to me? I, I had the pleasure of, you know, my mom, I grew, we grew up singing. And I know that's hard for many of you to believe. But we grew up singing. And so uh, we would get in different places and we'd just start singing some different songs. And, 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 and I recognized that, you know, we would step into some prairie lands. We'd step into areas where we'd see these masses of the great Tetons and all these different things. And, and I started thinking that, man, Jesus is an amazing, amazing God who loves us. And there's nothing too big for him. 
He said we could, I looked at those mountains and I'm thinking, you said we could say into this mountain, be thou removed into the sea and it would be cast away. <laughs> All things are under his feet. And, and, and so as I thought about that, the song came to my mind and me and my mom began to sing a little bit and some of you might remember the McCaneys. Years ago, old Peg would sing. She'd sing. She'd kick off her shoes while she's singing, right? And she sang a, a song called Under His Feet. And that just, that has stirred me a lot that I, I can't get it out of my mind. I kept singing it. I kept singing it. It says, <clears throat> under his feet, under his feet, under his feet. There's not a problem that you'll face he cannot meet. Whenever you've waded out too far in waters too deep. Right? Remember when waves are over your head, they're under his feet. Right? When, Pete, when Simon Peter walked oppressed, putting his faith unto the test, he said, Master, wilt thou bid me come unto thee? Jesus said, Come. So Peter went, and when the faith he had was spent, Peter sank low, but Jesus had waves roll under his feet. Under his feet, under his, under his, under his feet. There's not a problem that you'll face. He cannot meet whenever you waded out too far in waters too deep. Remember when waves are over your head, they're under his feet. I don't know about you guys. You got to get this, guys. Often we faint in trials sore, can't face the problems anymore, forgetting where, wherever we go, he's been there before. We should look up and praise the Lord. He's walked, walked the waters and the shores. The heavenly breeze and thundering seas are under his feet. Under his feet. Under his, under his, under his feet. There's not a problem that you'll face. He cannot meet. Whenever you waded out too far in waters too deep. Remember when waves are over your head, they're under his feet. Amen? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that when things seem overwhelming, when things seem to be out of control, when we've waded out in waters too deep, we know that he can make the waves roll under our feet. Amen? I started thinking about that and, and began looking at this story, and, and I see that in Matthew chapter 14, 22 through 33. It says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away, and, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was, also, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear, trembling or terror. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, it is, it is you. Command me. Come on. Command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
Wow. Father, I pray that today that we will recognize that you want to bring everything under our feet. God, that you will help us to realize that we are yours, submitted to you, and just as you have walked on the water, God, we will be able to walk over every trial, every storm, every habit, everything that might hinder our walk, that you will bring it under subjection and under our feet. We thank you, Jesus, for this day, for your word, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. When you look at the scripture, it's, it is preceded by Jesus feeding the 5,000. I mean, he has just done the, the miraculous. I mean, here is the masses who have come around to hear Jesus speak. And, 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 and here's this little boy who has a couple of fish and a, some loaves. And, and, and so they see God himself, Jesus, doing this massive miracle, feeding the 5,000, these disciples of his these who have followed him over and over, seeing all the things that he has done, and, and even to the point where they took up 12 baskets of food as Jesus multiplied the, the two fishes and five loaves. And now Jesus is sending them away. According to the book of John, the people had gathered together and were going to proclaim him as king because of this massive event that just took place. How many understand that after some of our greatest victories comes our, some of our greatest challenges. I mean, they just saw all these things take place. They just experienced this wonderful high man to see the, the Lord himself and how he had multiplied this food and how they themselves have taken up the baskets and realizing, man, how could this be? How could, how could this happen? And yet, here they are in the boat being pushed out, going out, according to one scripture, a couple of miles, 25 to 30 uh, stadas, which is about two to three miles out into the middle of the water. And the storm begins to churn. It's kind of like Elijah. Elijah on Mount Carmel saw a massive miracle as he as he was there being challenged by the, by the prophets of Baal and how the Lord came down and, and burned up the offering and, and what a victory he had. Can you imagine the feeling of, man, I, yes, God is amazing. Yes, God is victorious. Yes, God can do anything. Yes, God hears our prayers. Yes, God touches God, steps into our chaos and brings life. Amen. I mean, can you th imagine Elijah? He felt like he was by himself. How many times do we look like, we, we look around and say, man, we're so small compared to the, the chaos that's going on in the world. We look around and we say, man, the world seems to be conquering. The world seems to be winning. We're, we're being under attack and besieged. And yet God can step in. Somebody needs to have a, a but God moment, amen? God stepping in. But even after that amazing Victory! There was the Mount Carmel meltdown because here's Elijah who had just experienced this massive move and seen God's fire come down and seen God do so amazing things. And yet at the voice of one intimidating woman who looks at him and says, be it so ever uh, unto me if, 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 if you don't die tomorrow, right? And here he is like a little dog whipped dog with his tail between his legs running and hiding from this major issue. And that's kind of the way sometimes we find ourselves. We realize we have these ups and downs on the journey and we wonder how are we going to make it? And yet God's right there, isn't he? Some of the most important lessons happen right after our mountaintop experiences. Verse 24 and 25 of that Scripture, Matthew 14, says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch, which is about 3 to 6 a.m. In the, in the morning of, of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Mark chapter 6 records of that same story. says, Then he saw them straining at the oars. He saw them straining. How many times do we find ourselves straining at the oars? Amen? Find ourselves 
just doing everything we can. We just, oh man, if I, I, I'm trying to make it, man. It seems like I can't even get through. I can't get an inch. A step forward and five steps back, right? For the wind was against them. John chapter 6, 19 of that same story says, when they, when he saw, when they were, had rowed out about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were afraid. You know, sometimes we find ourselves sucked out by the current, right? Uh, living in Honduras for eight years, uh, they were, we lived on the coast for a little bit of that, even in the islands for a season. And, and there were times where it got very dangerous. The current would literally suck people out. And, and they would tell people, look, don't go out at such and such times. They would have warning signs about going out into the water. And, and you could row all you wanted to. You could fight that current all you wanted to. But that current was so strong, it would literally take them out. I remember a, a pastor's son who was visiting, who literally went out that evening and was told not to get into the boat. And he got into his little kayak and went out into the water. And before he knew it, he was literally a mile and a half out in the water. They sent helicopters out to try to find this kid. By the grace of God, he was found. But how many times do we find ourselves sucked out by the current? How many times do we find ourselves falling into the, the, the chaos and getting stirred up by the chaos that's around us and allowing the things of the world to so infect and affect our lives that we get caught up in the, in the stream. We get caught up in all of the worry and the doubt and the wonder of what's going to happen next, right? And it seems like the more we row and the more we fight against it, the more we try to, to struggle, the further out we get. It's like beating at the wind and we don't feel like we're gaining any ground. It happens. It happens. But let's get a picture of this. Here they are. It's late at night. It's dark. And, and, and they're out in the middle of this turmoil and, and they're wondering what's happening. And Jesus decides to walk out to them on the water. Well, first of all, they recognize Jesus is not with us, right? I mean, look, they've been in a, they've been in a storm before. They have been out with Jesus in a boat and the storm began to rage and they found Jesus at the bow of the boat asleep. Y'all remember the story? And the waves were tossing and they looked at Jesus and said, don't you care that we perish? And Jesus was sleeping in the middle of their storm. Jesus was at rest in the middle of the storm. But on this occasion, Jesus was not with them. At least they thought Jesus was not with them. And here they are. They're afraid. I mean, I guarantee you Jesus probably didn't send them out at midnight because the Bible tells us that he put them in the boat and he sent them off and then he went back and told the crowds, he dismissed the crowds and he went and got away by himself to pray. So he probably sent them out in this little fisherman's boat earlier. So they've probably been out in the water five, six hours. Can you imagine being out in the middle of the sea five or six hours Fighting, struggling, they were overwhelmed. They were wondering, where's Jesus? How many times does the enemy want to tell you in the middle of your trial, and where's Jesus now? Where's he at at this moment? Because a lot of times we get to ourselves and we, we, we have this flight or fight moment and we're, we're running away and we're wondering, where's Jesus at? Why can't he help me? Why is he not here? He's, doesn't he see me struggling? Doesn't he see I'm having a hard time? How many have ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? And the enemy wants us to feel that. He wants us to get in that place where we feel like, well, Jesus said he would never forsake me, but I feel forsaken. Jesus said he would never leave me, but I don't feel like Jesus is here with me right now. And, and we get to that feeling, and the enemy wants us to get to that place where we're depressed and we're struggling and we're willing to give up our hope and our faith because we don't see Jesus actively moving in our situation. But the reality is, is that we have taken our eyes off of Jesus. Yeah. 
here, Jesus walks up to him. He begins to teach Peter this valuable lesson. And whether we can see him or whether we don't or whether we sense his presence or whether we don't or never, it doesn't matter. The reality is is that Jesus is always there. He already knew they were struggling. He already knew that they were rowing in the storm. And verse 26 says, it's a ghost. Some of y'all sitting by the fire as you're camping when you were kids used to tell ghost stories, didn't you? Well, none of y'all Pentecostal people. Y'all too good for that. (laughs) Y'all wasn't allowed to talk about those stories. (laughs) Here they were. They they didn't even recognize Jesus. All they recognized is the image coming. It's a ghost. And here they are. They're terrified, overwhelmed. They're already fighting. They're already struggling. And, And here comes this figure that they don't recognize. How many understand that? That the circumstances cause your, causes your, sometimes your vision to be blurred. Causes your vision to be impaired to what the reality really is. Because if Jesus is the Lord of glory, come on somebody. If Jesus is the King of kings, if he is the one who established the world, and who, who spoke and, and things came into existence, don't you know that Jesus, if he says, I'm with you, that he can handle whatever storm you're going through, he can handle whatever trial you're facing, he can handle no matter what you come across, he knows that you, he is there to help you? Their eyesight was blurred. They were wondering, who is this? Because they were so overwhelmed by their circumstance. We get into places and we get tore up and... One guy says, I get tore up from the floor up, right? We get tore up and we get so overwhelmed and we get afraid and we're automatically, because of our fear, we lose our faith. We, we stop trusting. We, we're, we're even afraid to tell somebody in the church because we're afraid what they might do to us. And guess what? We're one body. If we're the body of Christ, brothers and sisters, then if my brother's struggling, I'm going to say, man, I'm here to help you. I'm here to walk with you. I'm here to encourage you. I recognize that if you're hurting, guess what? I'm hurting. If you're struggling, then guess what? I'm struggling because we're on the same team. We're we're one body in Christ Jesus. There's one head, right? There's not multiple bodies. It's not multiple heads. There's just one body, one Lord, one spirit of them all. And if the spirit of God is in us, then we are to encourage and strengthen and help our brothers and sisters when they're down and when they're hurting, when they've been going through a struggle. And so sometimes our vision gets blurred because of what's going on around us. But but the reality is, is that how will we ever find the revelation of God if we never go through something. I would never know Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer, had I not ever needed to be healed. Come on. I remember as a teenager, my mom got cancer. And I remember praying every night, God, bring healing in her body. And God showed up and brought healing. I remember as a teenager also being told that I had esophagitis and all these other kinds of things going on in my digestive system and that I'd never be able to do this or never be able to do that. And I'd lost down to about 112 pounds, which I probably need to lose a little weight. Now, anyway, (laughs) I lost down to about 112 pounds. My jaw bones were sticking out. I looked looked like a, a really sick kid. But I came to the altar one night at church. I said, God, I tried this, I've tried that, but ultimately I need you. And the Lord that night healed my body. Heal. I'm talking, I didn't have to progressively do this and that and this treatment, that treatment. Finally, I was, God healed me immediately. I remember walking into a, a service in my unsaved days and, and remember the night that the Lord saved me and he took away cigarettes and he took away the things that I was saying that were inappropriate. He took them out of my mouth immediately. So I believe that, that God is Jehovah 
Rapha, the Lord, my healer, I believe that God is a deliverer because I have seen his deliverance. I have experienced his deliverance. Look, I would never say that God tempts you because the Bible tells us that God doesn't tempt us. But I believe that we walk this journey on this earth and we are tempted by the things of the world. And the Lord allows temptations to happen so that we can experience who he is. And so when you feel overwhelmed or struggling or being tempted by something, take that as an opportunity to find the revelation that God wants you to experience. Don't walk around, I'm just being beat up. Oh, Lord, it's just awful. I don't think I can make it. No, man, okay, God, this, is, this, this, ain't, this, this isn't fun. And Lord, life's getting real, but I know you're about to manifest yourself into something amazing. I know you're about to show up and show out. I know, God, that you can calm my storm. I know, God, that you can intervene into my children. I know you can intervene into my home. I know, God, that you are that kind of God. If we get in the mindset of recognizing that God is able to do far above what we may ask or think and stop worrying about the things around us thinking God can't do this and God can't do that, God's in a box because you put him there. If you let God out of the box, God just might bring deliverance in your home. Amen. We handcuff God over and over again saying, God, I don't know if you can do this. God, it's been this long. It's been that long. And I don't know. I haven't seen you do anything. If we'd stop putting God on a timetable, he's never late, honey. He's always on time. He'll fix it. He'll step in. He will do what he said he would do if you'll trust him, if you'll release God to let God be God. I mean, the reality is, is that we have put God into an image of what we think he is, and God is so much bigger. I mean, if we could just imagine the world and all of its greatness, if we could talk about the stars that he flung into the skies and, and, and study the distance between us and them and how little of a marble we're rolling on and God miraculously keeps this ball rolling, it's amazing. And if we can believe that God is God, and if he can do all of that, and he's personal enough to know the number of hair on your head, to know every time you cough, every time you stump your toe, every time you have a bleed, he knows all about it. He's not, a, he's not unaware of your struggles. He's always there. He's waiting on you to say, here, God, I am. So many times we're walking around trying to portray the tough guy, the tough gal, right? Ah, I'm Okay. How many times do you meet somebody and say, I'm good, right? I'm good. Are you really? We like to portray like we don't have any problems. We like to walk around like, I don't need that. We walk around in so much denial trying to say that we're good when we're really not. I mean, we're really struggling. We're really wondering, God, can I make it another day? Should, should I keep on doing this? I, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm ready to give up. Some of us, we're too prideful to raise our hands and say, yeah, that's me. But isn't it the fact that the apostle Paul said, I will glory in my weakness because it is in my weakness that then I am made strong. In my weakness. We don't like to talk about weaknesses. That's not our society. We went on our resume. We don't put down, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Huh? We're all about putting down all the good things, the good qualities. We, we present ourselves, even at church, we want to put down the good qualities. Well, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. I, I mean, so many, look, preachers see it all, I'm just saying. And we're all bragging about all the good stuff that we can do, but really, I'd rather know what your weakness is because I know then God's can step in, <laughs> Right? I recognize it is only as I am surrendered to God that I am able to walk this walk. I mean, you, you hear a statistic, I think Glenn Key put something on the, uh, on the other day, and he's talking about 7,400 7, pastors quit a year. Oh, you don't believe me. There's a few times. This guy comes home bragging about you know his, his internship and Say, oh, you don't even have to have a degree and they'll hire you for this. He's a maintenance guy and you make over $100,000. The maintenance guy said, when will you sign up? 
And there's, there's days I'm thinking, man, if I could just push the eight to five o'clock. Oh, pastors don't do anything. They just preach on Sunday. And we're on this emotional roller coaster. One person's dying, we're struggling because we're wanting to comfort. Another person's rejoicing because they had a baby. And they're like, woo, come on. And we're like in this emotional roller coaster and I'm overwhelmed at times and feel like, why am I doing this? It's real, guys. Your struggle's real, my struggle's real. The, the, only, the only thing that I have hope in is that Jesus Christ has called me to this moment and I've got to surrender to him and if he'll walk with me, then we'll walk together and with him I can do all things through Christ whose spirit strengthens me, amen? We can walk together, we can be anointed together, we can walk and touch this community together because God is with us, amen. Ooh, let's go, Lord. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful that when you get in the middle of your trial to hear this, be of good cheer, take courage, it is I. To recognize that God himself steps in to your situation. He's not unaware. He's very aware of your struggle. He's very aware that, that you are in the position that you're in. He, you're, you're not someone who is off his radar, right? Look to somebody and say, you're not off his radar. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. And here's, <laughs> here's Peter. He said, Lord, if, if it's really you, how many have been there? Lord, if it's really you, <laughs> then you'll do this or you'll do that. If it's really you, command me to come to you on the water. Look, our Christian walk, notice I use the word intentionally, walk. Our Christian walk, because here's Peter who's about to walk. I mean, he, he's fixing to do something, not just on some calm water, but some stormy water. He's fixing to walk on the water. If, in our Christian walk, if, if we would just be willing to get out of the boat, if we'd just be willing to do what God tells us to do, Come on and walk on the water with me. Come on and walk on the water with me. You will not fail. You will not fail. Why? Because if the Lord himself has commanded it, you will walk on your circumstance. You will walk on your trial. You'll walk. I mean, the word of God says that you'll tread on serpents and scorpions. All the things of this world you can tread on. Amen? Look, not everybody's going to be there with you. You're looking at everybody else to do it for you, aren't you? How many, that, how many of that happens too, right? Well, if so-and-so does it, I know it's God. Right? We know they're spiritual. If they do it, I know God's in it. Those 11 disciples sitting in the boat, Right? There's 11 disciples, 11 people who saw God move, 11 people who've been in the, the storms before when Jesus was asleep, 11 people who've seen him feed 5,000, 11 people who know that, that, that they see that he's Jesus, they call him Messiah, they call him Master, and they're still sitting in the boat. It might just be that when you determine to say, God, I will follow you when you say, do it. That it impacts even those in the boat. Amen? <laughs> Does it make you perfect just because you walk on the water? The world says, well, you know, the, those church people, they're just a bunch of hypocrites because they say they're perfect and yet they walk around all messed up. Peter got out of the boat and he stepped on the water. He did it. Think about it. He did it. He walked on the water. But just because he walked on the water doesn't mean he's going to keep on walking on the water. Because just because you have said, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I accept that I am his and he is mine. I, I am a child of God. Doesn't make 
doesn't, doesn't mean that you're not going to have a storm. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get distracted sometimes. Because he stepped out on the water. It's kind of like this. He looks at Jesus, looks at the wave. He looks at Jesus, looks at the wave. Looks at oh, no. And began to sink. But the great news is, is that every time you call on Jesus, he's there to save you. <laughs> Every time you call on Jesus, he's there to pick you back up. He's there to step you back up. He's, out, he's there to establish you even on the water, right. even over your storm. David said, my rod and my staff, they comfort me. I, and, and you've heard me say this. And I wonder, you know, I've always wondered, why does a rod and staff comfort me? Because I know my parents' rod and staff never comforted me. It didn't feel good. Thankful for it now. But understanding that the rod and the staff comforted him because every battle he gained victory in, he notched it as a history on his staff. And so every time he saw a new battle coming up, he can look at his staff and say, God, help me then. He was with me when the lion came after me. He was with me when the bear came after me. And if he's with me on this day and he's with me on that day and he's never failed me every time I've gone through the battle, I know that he will help me through this one as well. So my rod and my staff, they comfort me because I know that God is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he's done it then, he'll do it now. I've got to learn to trust him in the middle of my storm. Amen. I'm closing. I'm going. I'm going to close. If I have to. When we begin to obey God, others will see the hand of God move. When we begin to truly depend on the Lord, others will recognize, man, God is moving. The disciples in the boat looked at Peter thinking he's crazy. And yet because of Peter's act of obedience, they fell down at Jesus' feet and said, truly you are the Son of God. The world, you, you want the world to be saved? You want your children to be saved? You want your family to be saved? You begin walking in the miraculous obedience of God. And when God begins to show up in your life, they can't deny what God's done. They can't deny how God has changed your life. They can't deny that, that God has intervened in your life. And, and, and they, can't, they can't deny the fact that God has provided miraculously. And you're wondering, you're wondering, where's our next meal coming from? And you say, well, I'm trusting the Lord. And when God shows up, they say, man, God's good. When we begin to be obedient to God... Somebody says, well, you know, we're so busy thinking of evangelistical models, and the greatest evangelistic model there is, is you obeying God. You walking out your faith in your workplace. You walking out your faith in your school. Wherever you are, you living it out everywhere you go because the world will then see that you are a child of God, and God is taking care of his own. Amen? Amen. Man. The last time we, we see them in the boat, they were amazed. They're overwhelmed. They're like, whoa, God is amazing. There's a lot of things, storms we find ourselves in, and Jesus wants to place them under our feet. I look at the scripture, and over and over again, I see even from the very beginning, the prophetic word of Genesis chapter 3 and 15 when, when God was speaking, telling the serpent that he would be cursed, that there would be enmity between him and the woman's seed. Who's that seed? Seed being Jesus. And he says this. He says, he will crush or bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. In other words, what's going to happen? Jesus it's going to crush 
the head of the serpent. The enemy's been defeated. How did that happen? That was a prophecy already in Genesis chapter 3 and 15. Guess what happened on the cross of Calvary? When Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead, he, he, he crushed Satan. He took away the authority. He took, he took away the power that the enemy had usurped away. The only power the enemy has in your life is what you give him now. So when we allow God to have ultimate authority of our life, we have dominion over the enemy. We crush Satan's head under our feet. We say we are a child of the king. We are his vessel. We are no longer submitted and, and subverted unto the enemy. We are no longer allowing him to have authority over us. We rebuke any words he said. We are a child of God. Come on. And we walk as a child of God. We change the atmosphere. We then begin to speak as ambassadors the word of God. And the enemy has to listen. The Bible says it this way, submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he has to flee from you. When we allow ourselves to be entertained by different identities, when we allow ourselves to be entertained by different mentalities, we allow the open door of the enemy to confuse and bring doubt and fear. But when we say, this is who I am because God created me as a child of God and therefore I am walking in the authority of God, I will not be confused. I will not walk in doubt. I will not walk in fear because I know who I am. I know who he's made me to be. I am his and he is mine. I am, I'm gonna walk in the power and anointing of God. Psalms chapter 8 and 6 says, you make him a rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Say all things under his feet. All things under his feet. 1 Corinthians 15, 25 says, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Verse 27 of that same chapter says, for he has put all things in subjection under his feet. Hebrews chapter two and eight, you have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not see it all, all things subjected to him. It's coming, it's coming. Ephesians chapter 122. And he put all things in subjection under his feet. And he gave him as head over all, all things to the church. He's over us. Deuteronomy chapter 11 says, Every place whereon the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. Say, it's mine. <laughs> it's mine. Woo! It's mine. The enemy's been defeated. It's mine. When the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail, right? What's it saying? It's not talking about me hiding myself in some little hole and the enemy's attacking me and that, that they won't prevail over me. It means that I am standing up in the battle for the king of glory. And I'm coming to the gates of hell and I'm ripping off what the enemy's tried to take. I'm, I'm tearing off the gates. They, they don't have an ability to withstand me. They don't have the ability to hold me back because I'm more powerful than they are, not because of me, but because of him who is in me, because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when I am walking in him, there is nothing that can withstand me. So I walk the anointing of God. But here's the last one. This is the one I want you to grab a hold of. This is one that I want you to walk in. This is one that, that today we're going to proclaim over our lives. Today we're going we're to let this be our, our theme word. Romans chapter 16 and 20 says, For the God of peace, say that with me, for the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your, he didn't say his, under your feet. 
The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. There's somebody that needs to crush some things under your feet this morning. And I'm here to say, look, I don't want you to wait. Come on. If you are ready to see some things crushed under your feet, get up, come, let's see what God does. Let's begin this journey. Let's begin to put this under our feet. We are overcomers in Christ Jesus. Let's begin to take the authority that God's given us and let him do his work in us. Let's see God do the miraculous. Let's put it under our feet today. Come on, come on. That's all right. Y'all get, y'all get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. T.D. Jake said, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Young people, man, I am supercharged about what God's doing in your life, but there's more. You, you have just scratched the surface. You're just experiencing the, the tip of the iceberg of what God wants to do. Look, it may be an uphill battle, but I know the warrior that's on our side. Amen. I know the peace speaker. We don't understand it. It is frustrating. But the peace speaker knows you by name. He's speaking peace. How many ready to, how many ready to stomp this thing in the ground? Ready to put it under the feet? I'm believing. Look. I know we're in the middle of the year, but I'm believing this year is a year of, this is a year of overcoming. We've been fought tooth and nail. We've been beat up. We've, we've been battled against, but we are overcomers. Amen. Amen. Bill, we're overcomers. Jay, we're overcomers. We're going to win this thing. Giles family, we're overcomers. We're overcomers. We're overcomers, D. Let's declare this together. With your mouth, declare the victory of the Lord in your situation. In your, in your words, begin to declare the victory of God. Look, the victory's already been won, folks. I, I want us to realize that. It, it may not look like it, but the victory's already been won. It was won on Calvary. When he rose from the dead, he empowered each one of us. We now walk in the resurrection power of Jesus. The victory's already been made available to us. We have to proclaim it, and we have to walk in it. We have to walk in that victory. Amen. We're believing for sons and daughters. We're believing for miracles to take place. We're believing. Let's start declaring it. Father, in your name, God, we declare. We declare the victory of the Lord to take place in every one of these circumstances that are represented right here in front of us. God, we recognize that you are at work, God. We recognize that you are the strength by which we live our life. We don't have the ability in and of ourselves. We are not capable of of being free without the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray an anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage in Jesus' name, Lord. God, I pray for a freedom of healing and anointing to be in my brothers and sisters, God. Lord, that there'll be life and life more abundantly, Jesus. God, I pray for sons and daughters and nephews and nieces. I pray, Lord, that the hand of God would move, Lord, that they might see the of the, the impending circumstance, but God, you are there to show them a vision of something greater than themselves, Lord. You are able to show them life and hope, God. I'm believing in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, your touch, God. Your glory be revealed, Lord. Your name be proclaimed, Jesus. You are the strength and the hope of our life, Lord. Jesus, right now, God. Right now, we intercede. Right now, God, we step in, Lord. Lord, we, we recognize the enemy has, has put our back to the wall. We recognize that we're on uphill battle. 
But Lord Jesus, we know truth will prevail. We know your truth can step in. We know the grace of God is greater than every attack of the enemy, Lord. In Jesus' name, we will soon crush Satan under our feet, Lord. God, we step down right now. We declare in Jesus' name that we will be victorious, God. We will be your servants, God. Your light will shine in the midst of darkness. Your hope will be given, Lord Jesus. We thank you, God, that you're a word. We thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I feel a healing touch. Mm. I feel a healing touch flowing right now, God. Lord, flow through this body, Jesus. What the enemy has meant for harm, God, you will bring to light. You will bring hope. You will bring healing, Jesus. Lord, we're believing it right now, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're worth. Thank you, God, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Thank you, God, Lord, that you're in the midst, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, every chain that has bound, God, we pray that you will begin to loose every word the enemy has spoken. God, we declare it to be broken in Jesus' name. That word has no authority over us. That word has no authority over this family. And Lord, every attack of the enemy will be brought to light and will it will be cast down and we will tread on that under our feet in Jesus' name. Let it be so, Father. Let it be so, Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. Mm. Lord, we break confusion and doubt right now, Lord. There is clarity in the voice of the Lord. There's clarity there's revelation in your truth. In Jesus' name, I believe there's a spirit of truth, God, rising up to bring clarity in this situation. In Jesus' name, God, it is yours. It is no longer ours to be able to control. It is no longer ours to be able to understand. It is you, God, stepping in right now, touching and bringing light and hope in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we glorify you, God. We thank you, Jesus that you are true and that you're faithful, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, God, I, I speak over this youth group right now, the representatives of this youth group, your, your pastors. God, I speak life into them, Jesus. Lord, I recognize the enemy is not happy with the direction that this youth group's going. He's doing everything he can to bring disunity. He's doing everything he can to stir up chaos and, and crisis. But in Jesus' name, as your word declares, how good and how pleasant it is when they dwell together in unity. Lord, I pray that you'll bind this youth group together. Lord, that they will begin to have grace for one another. They'll begin to embrace one another to lift each other up. God, that every conflict will be cast aside, that they'll give each other the grace that's, that's required. Lord, to recognize that none of them is perfect, that every, one of them, that every one of them have struggles and doubts and fears, that they need each other, that they pray for one another, that they hold each other's hands in the trials, that they believe in each other, to, to know that we are one body in Christ Jesus and they shall be victorious in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for a, an ember that'll be ignited in this youth group. Lord, a number that will begin to flame a fire that will spread across this congregation. Lord, that we cannot contain the, the outflow of your spirit that people begin to get saved all over this community because of this group who loves you, who are called according to your purpose, who are anointed for your purpose, God. Anoint them and use them and empower them, Lord. I pray for pastors. I pray for evangelists. I pray for... a for prophets and apostles and teachers, Lord, to rise up out of this group, God. Lord, that they will stir the hearts of men all around them, that they will see the hand of God move, that you will guard them as holy and righteous before you, Jesus. Have your way and anoint them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we are victorious. In the name of Jesus, 
We will tread on every enemy that has come our way. It has tried to knock us down. It has tried to hinder us. But we are keeping our eyes focused on the one true God, the only way, truth and life. In Jesus' name, let it be so. Jesus, Jesus, God, you know the discouragement, you know the pain, you know the heartache, you, you've seen the struggle, but God, you have not left us alone, you have not walked away, but God, you have stirred up beside us. And God, you are the parakleos, the one who walks beside to pick us up. And Lord, I speak hope and life right now. I speak truth in Jesus' name. I pray for an awakening of your spirit that they haven't seen in a long time. Lord, we're no longer walking around with our hands down, but we're walking with our heads high, knowing that we are the victorious in Jesus Christ. Lord, our hands are raised Lord, we know that we are seeing the hand of God move in Jesus' name. God, we see the victory inside, God. We see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's been dark. It's been lonely. But we're not alone. In Jesus' name, life, 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 life in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you're at work. Thank you, God, that you are real. Thank you, God, that you are involved in us. You, are, you have not left us to be undone, but you are walking with us in this process, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He said, he who endures to the end shall be saved. And the greatest thing is, is that he's with us through the endurance. <laughs> he didn't leave us alone. He's with us on the journey. Encourage yourself. Encourage one another. Let's finish what he started. Amen. Let's finish what he started. Let's be victorious. Amen. Is that right, Jamie? We're going to be victorious. Amen. Father, I thank you today for this word that you have stirred in our heart. God, I pray that as we walk out of this place, Lord, we will face the word is clear that in this world we will have trials and tribulations. But just as Jesus, just as you said when you looked at those boys inside of that boat, you said, be of good cheer. Come on. Lord, we know that you are with us and that in you, we will be victorious. We will be overcomers in your name. Guard our hearts, guard our minds. Bless and let us be a blessing. Let us live a life according to your plan and let us glorify you in the, in the journey. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. I love you guys. 
We're having a great study on Wednesday nights. Come out. We're talking about the seven churches in Revelation. Come out and be a part of that. It's great times. If you are a lady going on the women's conference, come and see Miss Kim. She'll be right up here in front beside me. Come on.